It takes Brooke Rhodes 10 minutes to drown. 10 minutes, 10 memories, 10 reasons. Shannon Leto is an addict. It's not a secret. Sure, he'd worked hard to get sober in the past, but relapses are his forte. With all of the responsibilities he has between the band and his new business venture, he's finding it extremely difficult to remain sober. After a night that gets out of control, the band's manager insists that Shannon have an assistant to help corral his antics and help him stay organized. A sober coach, if you will. The only problem? His sober coach isn't nearly as clean as she might have you believe. Yes, Isla Drake has plenty of skeletons in her closet. How long will it be before they start to surface? Being that far from him had never felt so bad. Welcome to Sonoli's Book Club, a book club podcast in which I try my best to encourage you, speaker of English as a second or foreign language, to read books and stories in English. My name is Monica Sonoli, I'm an English teacher based in Brazil and a writer. If you have any suggestions of authors and or stories you think I should be discussing here, send them to bookclub at monicasanoli.com.br. If you want to receive the episodes earlier in your inbox, along with the vocabulary list and the script, go to monicasanoli.com.br forward slash podcast and subscribe to the newsletter. Very well, today I'm going to be talking about a surprisingly good story I've read recently on Wattpad. And I say surprisingly because I wasn't expecting much. I love Wattpad, but I had never come across anything this good over there. Then on to the featured stories, I will bring you the first out of 15 chapters of a Shannon Leto fanfiction called Addict by Savannah Lees. And the second chapter of Blonde by the Wind, which is also a Shannon Leto fanfic. This one written by yours truly. Just a reminder, both featured stories are based on real public people. Notice, however, that mine and Savannah's take on them and the situations we subject them to are completely fictitious. Meaning, none of it is real. We also don't profit from our stories about them and this podcast doesn't bring me any money. It is absolutely 100% free content made for you and you should enjoy it for what it is. Also, Savannah has authorized me to read her story on this show. You will find links to all stories mentioned here in the description of this episode. If you like them, click on the links, read them again, vote, leave kudos and comments, show them to your friends, in other words, support this beautiful, crazy, talented community of writers who don't get paid to write. We do it in spite of our real-life responsibilities and we do it because we love it. Okay, I've read Drowning by Harley Lynn and oh my god. I'm not going to spoil anything because this is a story you should go into as unaware of the plot as you can. 
but I am going to say this. It is a must read. Harley's user on Wattpad is Seek Absolution altogether, but the link to the story will be in the description of the episode. Don't worry. Oh boy, what can I say? I thought this was going to be a cute, angsty love story, and it has surprised me from the very beginning. It is not long. You can easily read it in a few couple of hours, depending on how fast you read. Uh, and I know, I guarantee that it will blow your mind as well. Just be aware that it deals with some delicate topics. So trigger warning here, okay? Now let's move on to Addict, the first book in the addiction series by Savannah Elise. This story is rated mature and a trigger warning also applies here. This is chapter 1 of 15, The Meeting. Let's begin with the serenity prayer, if you wouldn't mind. A voice startled Shannon from his daydream as he sat in the back of the small room. He recited a prayer he had memorized after months of coming to these meetings. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. His voice was lost among the chorus of other voices in the room. The group leaders stepped up to the podium and everyone sat down. I'd like to welcome all newcomers as well as returning guests. I'd like to remind you that this is a place of safety and anonymity and that everything shared here is not to leave the room or be discussed in any form outside of this meeting. I will start. Shannon zoned out, glancing around the room at the others in attendance. It had been a while since he had been to a meeting, but recent events had kind of forced him into it. He didn't recognize anyone at this meeting, but the one he had been at the day beforehand had quite a few familiar faces. It was always easy to spot the newbies. They were usually the ones who looked like helpless infants seeking someone to guide them. He often wondered if he had looked like that when he first started coming to meetings. There were both men and women present, but none really caught his eye. Most of them seemed bent on hiding their identities and didn't make eye contact. It was all well and good for Shannon. The last thing he needed was someone to recognize him and have more bad publicity. He'd had enough of that in recent days. Long story short, he had caused a rather large stir at a party a few nights ago because he had been high on pills. He'd gotten a little out of hand, and his brother ended up escorting him home. It was the first time in a long time that he'd gotten high, and it was just as sweet as the first one. He had been so good for so long, but the stress he'd been under recently hadn't helped him. His life had been so disorganized with the tour as well as parties his brother had asked him to attend, and all of these meetings and issues that came with getting his new business up and running that he just felt like he needed to chill out. Hence the pills and his current situation. Their manager, Irving, had insisted upon him getting help immediately and Jared had all but walked him into the meeting that evening. Given his history of drug use and addiction, Shannon wasn't that surprised with everyone's reactions, but it was a different situation. They were all acting as though he was going to get high again. He had no desire to do that. It was literally a one-time thing. 
But the problem that addicts have is that it's never just one time. Even as he sat in the chilly room and stared blankly at the wall behind the podium in front of him, he could feel the familiar itch that always accompanied his urgency for his next high. It was a feeling he was used to. Typically, it was more of a dull roar at the back of his mind that he had almost forgotten about. Addicts are addicts for life. There is no such thing as an addict who is completely healed. It just got easier to live with the void sobriety left, and it became easier to refuse temptation. His eyes caught a pretty girl sitting across the aisle from him. She was younger, definitely not as old as the others in the group, with straight strawberry blonde hair and freckles. He couldn't see anything else about her because her body was turned away from his. She seemed just as interested in being there as he was and was paying particular attention to picking at her poorly manicured fingernails. Anyone else would like to share? The leader asked, stepping back from the podium. For people who were seeking out help, very few addicts usually enjoyed sharing. Shannon typically tried not to share, mostly because it caused a bit of a stir when people realized who he was. He'd made that mistake before. To his surprise, he glanced over and saw the girl stand up. As she walked, he could see she had a curvy frame, almost an exaggerated hourglass shape. She was curvier than most women he found himself attracted to, but she had a bit of confidence about her that seemed to draw him in. She approached the podium and leaned heavily against it, sighing deeply before lifting her head and looking out at the audience. Her eyes captivated him the most. They were a deep chocolate brown and seemed to suck everyone in. Shannon saw several men sit up a little straighter when they saw her at the podium. As she leaned across the podium, her breasts were pushed closer together, creating really nice cleavage that had his mind racing. He bit his lip and tried very hard to stay focused on listening to her speak. I'm Isla, she said softly. Hi, Isla came the automatic response. It has been five years, six weeks, and two days since my last high, she continued with a bored sigh. Shannon leaned forward in his chair, resting his elbows on his knees. I'm here today because I've been feeling the urge to use lately. I've been stressed out. My family is stressing me out, and I don't really know what to do. I start a new job on Monday, but I don't know what I'm going to do or if I'll even be good at it. I feel lost. My sponsor told me to come in, but I don't really know what good a meeting will do if I'm not going to get any real help from it. I haven't been to a meeting in over a year because I found them pointless. Why do you think you're not getting help? Shannon found himself saying. All eyes shifted to him, including Isla's. The group leader started to speak, but Kayo spoke over him. I mean, the whole point of these meetings is to share with others who are going through the same thing. Isla inhaled sharply before speaking. Considering cross-conversations aren't allowed, I'd say it's pretty pointless to come in. She leveled him with her glare, and he nearly sank back into his chair. Tell me, what experience could you possibly offer me? Shannon glanced around. The group leader nodded, acknowledging that he was allowed to speak. 
My name is Shannon, and it's been three days and six hours since my last hi. Hi, Shannon, came the cursory response. He shook his head at its sound, and interested and automatic. No one there cared what his name was. In fact, most people gave fake names anyways. Oh, great. You, the freshly sober, are going to lecture me, someone who has been sober for years. Isla glared at him. Right, makes sense. The sarcasm dripped from her voice. He gave her a look before speaking. I was sober for 10 years before I slipped up, five years ago, and a few days ago. But the point is, Isla rolled her eyes and shifted her weight on her feet. The point is, these meetings helped me when I was first getting sober, and they've helped, for the most part, to keep me sober. When you use the resources available to you, it's a lot easier. Shannon, what is it that you do? Isla asked, walking to the side of the podium. The group leader stood up, holding his hands out between the two of them in a weak effort to stop a possible confrontation. Shannon got the distinct impression that Isla could have snapped his bony arm in two if she really felt the need. All right, you two, that's enough. Shannon, he said, turning toward him. You do not have to answer that question. Isla, he added, facing her. I think your sharing time is done. I'm a musician. My band does a lot of touring. Shannon replied over the leader's words. Isla's face split into a smirk and she let out a soft laugh. <laughs> Poor little rock star. How hard it must be for you to have people taking care of everything you could possibly need. She stepped around the podium and walked back to her chair, scooping up her bag and jacket as she passed. Whatever, pretty boy. I don't need advice from you. With that, she left the room, slamming the door behind her on the way out. The next morning, Shannon was sitting in his office at home, listening to Irving drone on about his need for an assistant. Your life will be so much easier, Shannon, trust me, he urged, sliding a file across the table toward him. Look, I already found someone for you. She's coming in today and Emma will help her get acquainted with everything. He rolled his eyes. I don't need a babysitter. I'm not that busy that I need someone to run my life for me. Be that as it may, Irvin started. She is coming in today and you will respect her and let her do her job. I hired her, not you. She works for me. Briefly, Shannon entertained the idea of the new girl being attractive, so at least he could get some flirting in before he ran her off. And maybe he could even get a one-night stand out of it afterward if he was charming enough. Then the doorbell rang and they both rose to greet the person waiting. Irving stood next to Shannon as he opened the large front door with a forced smile. Fortunately, she didn't notice his face fall slightly when he recognized the face that greeted him. Shannon, this is Isla Drake, Irving said. Isla, this is your new client, Shannon Leto. Isla tilted her head with a small smile playing on her lips as she looked Shannon up and down. She stuck her hand out to greet him. Isla, nice to meet you. He looked at her in confusion before seeing her pointed look and taking her hand. Shannon, likewise. After an awkward moment of silence, Irvin raised an eyebrow at him and he spoke again. Would you like to come inside? 
he asked, moving to the side to allow Isla to walk in. She glanced around the entryway with raised eyebrows. Wow, nice place. What is it you do exactly? Shannon cleared his throat before speaking. <clears throat> I'm in the entertainment industry, was his vague reply. Irving gave him a glare. Shannon is the drummer for 30 Seconds to Mars. Isla nodded in comprehension. Right, right, Jared Leto and all of that. She followed the pair into the rest of the house. So you'll mostly be responsible for his daily routine, Irving said as they walked. I'll handle all of his press appearances and everything in relation to that and coordinate them with you. You're basically in charge of making sure he gets where he's supposed to be and keeping everything else in order on the home front. I'm right here, Irving, Shannon reminded him, waving his hands in front of himself. I'll leave it to you to decide how you want to use her, Shannon, but you will use her, Irving said, wagging his finger at him. The concept of using Isla made him tilt his head slightly and raise an eyebrow. Irving glanced over at Isla, who was busying herself with looking at the artwork he had on his walls. You know what I mean. Do not sleep with her and make things awkward. I don't do that. How could you even think I would? Shannon asked. Irving gave him a bored look. Ava, Naya, Brooke, and Lizzie, he said, ticking the names off on his fingers. He sighed. Those were not my assistants, he conceded. I know, they were Jared's, Irving said, glaring at him. Okay, I get it. I'll keep my hands off, Shannon said. Isla, could I talk to you for a second? He called into the house. As if I could ever want to sleep with this girl. She's nowhere near my type. I can get more attractive chicks anywhere I want, he thought to himself as she came over. Isla looked at him, forcing a smile onto her face. Sure, what's up? She asked through gritted teeth. Just then Irving's phone rang and he stepped out of the room to answer it. Shannon took the opportunity to take Isla's elbow and steer her into the kitchen alcove. Get off, Isla said, jerking her arm from his grip. What the hell are you doing here? He asked in a hushed whisper. Stalking you, Isla said sarcastically. What do you think? I came because I got hired by Irving. He didn't tell me who it was for. He certainly didn't tell me it was for a musician turned barista, so that's a nice twist. He wrote his eyes. Why are you here? He asked again. I told you, she glared at him. Because Irving hired me. I thought it was going to be really boring. But I have to admit, the whole druggy aspect really livens things up a bit for you. Shannon gritted his teeth and stared Isla down. He decided right then and there he'd do everything in his power to run this girl off. There was just something about her that bugged the shit out of him. Her arrogance. Or probably the fact that she had insulted him in front of those people at the meeting. He could come up with a host of other reasons why he hated her, but he really only needed one. He didn't need a babysitter. Jared needed assistance. He had a lot going on with filming and dealing with Vert and everything else. Shannon just had the new label and he was happy that he had very little beyond that. He was about to respond, but Irving came back. Right, that was Emma, he said. 
I guess she had an urgent meeting with Jared or something. Something about media storm and an explosion or I don't know. Either way, it's just going to be the two of you for now. Why don't you take the day to get acquainted? And tomorrow we will pick up where we left off. With that, he breezed out of the room, but not before giving Shannon a knowing glare. The instant the door was closed, he was glaring at Isla. I can't believe you're still here. She gave him a shocked look. Really? Too them bad. You can't fire me and it doesn't seem like your father plans to do it anytime soon. Shannon growled to himself as he sank into the sofa and crossed his arms. Isla laughed. You look like a child. No wonder they think you need an assistant to take care of everything. He rolled his eyes at her. How about we play a game? It's called Shut the Hell Up. Whoever stays quiet the longest wins. He shocked himself a little at his last comment. The DTs were terrible. Shannon could hear Isla moving in the silence, but he didn't care. He slid his headphones on and settled back onto the sofa, crossing his arms over his body and closing his eyes. A few moments of blissful music filled his ears before they were interrupted by Isla's voice. Lucky for you, I don't like playing games. Get up! She said loudly into his ear before letting the hard headphone panels slap back onto his ear. Jesus, God! He shouted in surprise, jerking up from the sofa. His heart was racing a million miles a minute. What the hell? Irving hired me to do a job. You don't have to like me. Hell, I don't even like you, Isla said. Gee, thanks. He replied sarcastically. She wrote her eyes. But we have to work together, so how do you want this to work? He sighed, and after a glare, he led her into the office and gestured at a large pile of papers and folders set on his desk. Those, he said, waving his hand at them. You can start with those. She looked at him as she walked around the desk. And do what with them? File them, he said as he walked out of the room and down the hallway. Isla growled softly. What the hell did he expect her to do if she had no idea how he wanted them filed? Isla was determined to nail this job. Whether or not she liked Shannon and whether or not he liked her, she needed this to work. With her drug history, someone almost always found out and she was immediately fired for it, even though she'd been clean for years. She sat down in the wooden chair and let out a little squeal when it started rotating without her wanting it to. She grabbed onto the front of the desk and stopped herself. The room was small, but mostly because there were several bookshelves lining the walls. Every spare space was covered in books. Shannon had quite the collection, which surprised Isla. She hadn't expected him to be such a bookworm. Isla looked at the pile in front of her and picked up a few sheets, trying to figure out what everything was and where it went, only to realize there was no filing system available. She groaned into her hands and lightly banged her head against the desktop. Give me strength. She muttered to herself as she went off to go find Shannon. She made her way through the house easily enough. It was one of those strange modern Mac mansions that had been sprouting up recently in the hills. Shannon had decorated the place very darkly, with lots of artwork on the walls and contemporary furniture that was all edges and corners and sharpness. Isla let out a growl when she tripped over the leg of the coffee table in the living room. 
he was nowhere to be found. Blown by the Wind by Monica Sinoli. Trigger warning, this story is rated mature and it contains delicate topics such as abortion, depression, and anxiety. If these are personal topics for you, please stop listening. Remember that no matter who you are, you are loved and valued. No matter the situation you find yourself in, things will get better one day. You are not alone in your pain. Reach out, ask for help, talk about it. This is chapter 2 of 7. Camilla had showed up the day before with pots and pans full of food. I don't know what this is all about and I don't want to. Kelly has asked me to feed you, so that's what I'm doing. She had said before he got the chance to say hi. Now, I don't know how you feel about Brazilian cuisine, she continued, walking past him and into his house, headed for the kitchen. But my mom is spending the month here with us, so you, my friend, are about to taste the most delicious food ever. She had smiled at him, putting everything she had brought inside the fridge. He knew her well enough not to refuse her help, so he had just smiled back and leaned against the counter, watching her. Thanks, Cam. It was hard for her to ignore the deep dark circles under his eyes and his expression of complete despair, but she held her tongue until the very last minute. When she was done with the food, however, she saw he had his eyes fixed on the table between them and his pain was so obvious that she couldn't control herself any longer. You look terrible. Wanna talk? I'm sorry, Cam. I... He tried to speak, but the words wouldn't come out, so he just hung his head, tired of trying to make sense. It's okay. She hugged him tight, wishing she could do more. Kelly will be here soon. Whatever the problem is, she'll make it better, won't she? Cam felt his shoulders moving when he chuckled a little. <laughs> she always does. He answered under his breath when he released her. Just make sure you eat, will you? She got her car keys from the table. I was serious about my mom's cooking. I will, don't worry. He smiled. And try to get some sleep. Yes, thanks again. Say hi to Chris and Sarah for me. The mere mention of his friend's daughter had the knot in his throat growing bigger. He'd had everything planned for the first time in his life. The minute Janine had told him she was pregnant, he had started getting his act together. He had been getting healthier and healthier, drinking less, working out, not even considering taking his pills again. Thinking about stepping out of the limelight, he had bought an apartment in Seattle and had been spending more and more time there as Janine's pregnancy had advanced. He had been planning on reaching out to Kelly. If he could show her how much he'd changed, he was sure he would get her friendship back. He never knew how much time he had spent sitting on the floor of his living room with his back against the door after Camilla had left. Eventually, he'd stopped crying. Not because he hadn't felt like it anymore, but because his body was so weak, it just had to stop. When that happened, he'd forced himself up and into the kitchen through the darkness that had fallen inside the house. He honestly couldn't remember the last time he'd eaten. He had been sure he would throw up anything he dared put in his stomach. Much to his surprise, the first bite from Cam's mom's lasagna had done the trick of awakening his hunger, making him eat half of the tray. 
He hadn't been able to taste anything, though. Now he was just laying on his bed after God only knew how many hours of falling in and out of nightmares. He kept checking his phone for news from the hospital or Kelly, but time didn't make sense anymore. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you liked it, please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us grow and reach even more ESL students. Also, if you write fan fiction or original fiction in English or know someone who does, please send me an email at bookclub at monicasanoli.com.br. Your story can be featured here and heard by people who are practicing their listening skills. Until next episode, lots of love.